0: These are thoughts, these are things that make
1: you
2: safe. Things that make you go. Ooh.
1: Things that make you go free. Things to make you go. Things that make you go. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. things, that make you, things that make you go to Robbie Bob, break it down. Hey, 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 hey. Wait, wait. Wait, no, I don't do anti-gay jokes, I do characters, just like I do McDonald's, waiters, just like I do jokes about politicians, Dan Quayle, or anybody else. I'm a comedian, why is it that you can do a joke about anything and anybody, but when you do a gay joke, I gotta have idiots in here protesting over it. You don't see Dan Quayle here, you don't see really Vanilli here, what's your problem? What's your problem? Why is it that I can't do a J character? What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? Hey, yo, 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 what's up? You got the Rizzo live in effect. Chilling right here, yo. Do you remember that ice cream jingle? Of course, we all know it. I'm not going to play it right now, though, because we come to find out that it has racist roots. But check this out humor they called me up and it was like we gotta do something about this Rez we could change the dynamics we could make a new ice cream jingle for a new era we wanted to make a melody that includes all communities that's good for every driver, every kid and I'm proud to say for the first time in a long time a new ice cream truck jingle will be made available to trucks all across the country in perpetuity that means now, you know what I mean? Like it will change forever. I'm dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep Let the morning time drop all its petals on me Life, I love you, all is groovy
2: Hey, hey, hey! Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait! Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and race to the bottom is on the end. <laughs> Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh, natural.
4: Mmm,
3: mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the Tea House or your local greengrocer Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
2: Race to the bottom 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 race to the bottom
3: John Reed, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, man. Yeah! Happy Saturday morning. How about a little berry white in the background? Your sweetness is my weakness. We got so much show today. I just got to get right down to brass tacks. How about that mashup from Arsenio Hall? How'd I get down this Arsenio Hall uh, rabbit hole? My wife and I were talking, and I, I said, I said, that's a thing that makes you go, hmm. And if you remember, Arsenio Hall was big back in the 90s, and I used to watch him a good bit. He had a very rowdy crowd that would, they would like swirl their fists and go,
5: woo, 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 woo,
3: woo. And they had a bunch of like catchphrases, and one of them was a segment that he called, things that make you go hmm kind of puzzling weird news tidbits and i'm i think i'm getting it right that that bit turned lended itself to the inspiration of the cnc music factory song things that make you go hmm so (laughs) we got a, a little bit of uh Arcinio and a little bit of CNC Music Factory, but in my search to try to find a clip of Arsenio doing the things that make you go, hmm, bit, I found this clip of him shouting down some gay rights activists in his audience. And it was somewhat problematic. Um <laughs> I could see where the gay rights activists were coming from, but Arsenio wasn't having it. His big point was that he actually did have a lot of gay guests. They just weren't out. Take that as you may. But then his other, uh, the other big complaint that the activists had was that Arsenio did, was homophobic with some of his material. But, as you heard, Arsenio insisted that he was just doing a character. It's like predating the cancel culture argument. We heard from the RZA, the genius producer of the Wu-Tang Clan, who, in one good piece of news this past week, one stray tidbit of sunshine, Riza has composed a new jingle for ice cream trucks that's been made available the guy on our block has not adopted the new jingle yet i i gotta go talk to him because i guess the original the original is very uh racist it's like a minstrel song so shout out to Riza for that we heard our buddy friend of the show jonathan scales did a reharmonization of the beatles song you know the Beatles right the Beatles song yesterday which he put up on his Instagram and I thought was beautiful and wanted you guys to hear and we heard from Simon and Garfunkel with the 59th Street Bridge song feeling groovy which I always heard that song as a kid and now I live right by the 59th Street Bridge how about that we took a ferry ride up to the Bronx and as we were crossing under the bridge, I said, you know what? I gotta give a shout-out to that kind of horrible song in the mashup." So I did. Okay? So that's that's that. Let me tell you what's gonna happen on the show today. A lot of stuff. Finally, I got, we all got, Tom and Scott from the Steve Sack Syndrome, the Indie Sports Radio show on... Asheville fm my former home former home of race to the bottom and those guys are so smart and funny and they help me talk through some sports conundrums i'm having in my personal life we talk about the mets we talk about my newfound love for the blazers and damian lillard and we talk they try to talk me through some football trauma so stay tuned for that and just a programming note, in the background of that interview, you will hear Fela Soul, which is a, a mashup, a true mashup, of Fela Cootie and De La Soul songs. So, take that under advisement. But before that interview, we will hear from our good buddy Tom DeMena. I had Tom on to talk about his new Patreon, which just went up, and Whaling Shanties. Good, interesting Talk about his love of the shanty Always good to hear from Tom As a Little interstitial Moment between those two Interviews we will hear I told you guys a few weeks ago That friend of the show H-U-E Sully Mew Penny Has been working with Vox On their Kids Explained Series which is great which you should Check out And his son august made an appearance on the show this week on this they made a song out of kind of uh encapsulating what kids are feeling the board their boredom that they're feeling in quarantine and this is great this this song and our buddy august is heavily featured so get ready for that okay oh my god Oh, that's the last little sip. The last few drops. I almost forgot in the rush to tell you what was going to go on. I forgot that my opening monologue is always sponsored by Winslow Tea, because that's how you know it's Winslow. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with how you know and steep into the conversation, why don't you? Okay? So, without further ado, let's hear from Tom, then... August with the the Fox on Board remix song then from Tom and Scott from Steve Sack Syndrome and I will talk to you guys on the flip side race to the bottom Well we're here with our buddy Tom DeMena I thought I'd have you Back on the show because we've got some some uh, new rules.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is so painful. It's so painful to see him do that to a laugh track. It is like insane. Somebody has to like, you know, just yell at it and be like, Bill, this is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. You can't do this. This is so grossly self-absorbed, narcissistic, disgusting. This is unwatchable
3: yeah it's pretty rough. No, but seriously, we uh, you you launched a Patreon, which is exciting, and I wanted to let people know about it because you've been such a big part of the show over the uh, you know past few years. And thank you. And a component of the what you're doing on the Patreon, for those who don't know, Patreon is a way to support independent artists as traditional streams of income have kind of dried up you know nobody really buys records and especially now artists can't even play live shows unless they're streaming so patreon is a way that you can directly support the artists that you love and and you know are interested in and you can support at different levels and at at the different levels there's more goodies and Surprises and fun stuff. So, Tom, one of the things that you're doing that I wanted to talk to you about at certain levels of of support are these uh, sea shanties. Yeah. So, what's what's up with it? Tell me about this this the the sea shanty genre.
5: Well, I I I, I can't explain why all of a sudden I'm Mr. Shanty Man, but I think it's just because. I live in Maine and it gets in your bones. You, you look out at the water and it starts to um, excite you in this mythical way. And I was just fooling around on YouTube looking up old shanties I guess one day and I came across this album by this guy named Paul Clayton and he has a whaling and Sailing Songs album. It's just called wailing and sailing i think it's called um the songs of wailing and sailing (laughs) (laughs) and it's like it's so it's so hilariously academic it's commented on in the movie inside uh lewin davis where he's are you familiar with that movie yeah you know he's hanging out with these kind of um straight-laced early folky greenwich village academia people um who are like i just listened to the fifth symphony with tubas and flutes and i was fascinated with you know <laughs> yeah you know that's like the cocktail party vibe you know and he's kind of yeah. against that but that same early period had had real weight they were doing they they had real interest in, in and and they were doing really cool things and one of them was this very cool th- wailing album that this guy Paul Clayton recorded with Columbia and he he just happened to be born and raised in New Bedford Massachusetts so he inherited all this stuff um, that was just probably passed down to him and uh, he got the opportunity to do this album just singing shanties and he does it he channels them so well so convincingly but so tenderly it's just this dynamite album and I guess he was really beloved in the whole folk scene people were listening to him in the coffee houses and thought he was he was really good that he was he was singing shanties in a way that no one else could because he grew he just happened to grow up in New Bedford it's great it's super special and uh, you know his story is fascinating and it's kind of sad and tragic he was he was a big deal he was he was like in influencing Phil Oaks and Bob Dylan and everybody and, and um, he had this album with the Columbia recorded that was like a critical success. It was, you know, revered for just being really authentic. And then the folk thing started to shift. And, um, he was, I think he was a bipolar bisexual guy who was taking a lot of drugs like everybody else. I mean, look, I, I, this is just me piecing together what I've read. I can't, I don't know the facts, but, um, he seems like he got uh, lost amidst the chaos and he was, trying to kind of get write differently and write with the times and write kind of drug-inspired, you know, um, Donovan-like yeah. Sunshine Superman stuff. And it, you could kind of hear the madness creeping in in, in, in this demo that he released. It's actually quite uh, chilling. And then he commits suicide, jump, drops a, a microwave or something in his bathtub and oh, um, wow. and dies. And, and, you know, I just think it's... He's just another guy that you don't even really... No one really talks about, but he was a, he was a really big deal. And he, made, and he, had, and he has this one <laughs> super cool album, which is just so fun. And I guess it adds to the whole kind of haunting thing for me. Makes yeah. it kind of dramatic.
3: What's a, a tune off, off that record that really grabs you?
5: You know, there's, there's this one really short one um, called Patty Doyle's Boots. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is I, it's it's super short I guess it's super short because it's the shanty was just for two guys who were gonna hook up a sale it's like a very quick job so it's a very quick song Patty Doyle I guess was this local tailor or merchant or something that sold a lot of those guys that worked around that time their basic essentials and shoes and whatnot. I didn't know any of this you know I didn't know what who patty doyle was i don't know any of these references but there's something in the tune that's like it's so catchy and charming that i had to like figure out what all this stuff was and and it's just weird because on its face there's just nothing special about it. it's a simple thing just goes over and over again but the way he sings it it's it's just it's so charming (laughs) it's so charming
1: Do me way.
3: taken this material and and these whaling shanties and kind of are processing them through your own creative lens
5: yeah i think um well look you know i have my own music and um i think it's nice to have something to inspire you and stimulate you and and maybe use to connect with other people so shanties are free and i can sing the ones that i really want to learn and post them and have you know share it with other people I, i'm really sticking to the to the interpretations i've heard through paul clayton i'm not like a shanty enthusiast to the nth degree but um i, I think that someone has to like put a, an echo chamber on paul clayton and if i can do that a little bit um, it makes me feel good because they're really the ones that the way i sing them they're you know i'm really kind of sticking to the way he does them and maybe something um you know, I, the, I get out of it just kind of channeling it, but uh, they're really his version. And he's there's other songs that he does that are that are really cool. There's there's one called "Go Down, You Blood Red Roses." It's about hunting for um, sperm whales, and uh, it's just it's hor- it's horrifying. As you hear, you know, I guess you know there's like it's a, you just think that these guys on some level liked what they were doing. But on the whole, they hated it. <laughs> it was just <laughs>
4: terrifying.
5: It was just awful. It was just you know, you don't know if you're gonna live or die. And just you do know, It's just you're going up against like gigantic monsters, and you're scared out of your wits. It's kind of the basic gist. Um, but then there is these high highs, these unbelievable high highs. That could, you, how could you not? Um, yeah. If you're you know going to return <laughs> home, or if you're going to make a lot of money, or or what have you or are you gonna meet a woman you haven't seen a woman in years <laughs> i mean it's it, it all comes through in the music it's so exciting
3: well that's that's great so uh people can go to patreon.com slash tom de d-i-m-e-n-n-a there's all different levels for you to support if you would like and you're gonna start doing some live stream concerts again with this, and people can request stuff, and people can check out the shanties and and hear the your record and tons of good stuff.
5: Yeah, it's like um, you know my 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 Hollywood studio. That's <laughs> how I look at it. And look, you, you know, you're not asking for much. That's the nice thing about Patreon. You ask for a little bit, and, and you put up your stuff, and hopefully. Um, there's enough people interested in doing it.
3: Cool. All right, buddy.
5: All right, man. You take care. All right. Peace. Talk to you soon. I want to have something to do. Uh, I'm
4: bored. No want to do. Uh, I'm bored. No want to do. Something to do. Uh,
1: still just the most annoying thing I've ever been through.
4: The most interesting thing that I done over the summer is um nothing, 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 not not not, not uh, nothing. I really hated all on my learning. It was just so We do nothing. So quarantine is just a boring, vast,
2: vast thing of nothing. Vast thing of, nothing.
4: Long vast thing of nothing. 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 Nothing.
1: Nothing. Mostly I feel bored in quarantine. Mostly I feel bored. Long Mostly I feel bored in quarantine. Mostly I'm I feel bored. bored.
3: All right. So, I'm here with the duo of Scott and Tom who make up the Steve Sack Syndrome on Asheville FM. I've talked about you guys on on the show before, and I'm so glad to have you here. Steve Sack Syndrome is a in, indie sports radio. Thank you. On my on my former station Asheville FM, a lot of my listeners remember the good old days at the station and the show is funny both of you guys are hilarious and also sports related so um i mean it's a sports show so it better be um how are you guys doing
2: doing okay uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nice to be called funny and nice to be called sports related yes yeah uh
0: no we're we're doing all right yeah uh, thanks for having us on nice to be on someone else's show no we're doing good yeah it's uh yeah i mean here we are standing in our respective rooms talking on zoom um yeah. but uh all that aside uh, hooray
3: it's like the dnc up in here hey
0: <laughs>
2: do we get to choose who our who our dnc <laughs> representative is <laughs> like um I, I mean i'll be 97 year old jimmy carter
3: okay that's i'll be um i'll be bill <laughs> I'm, uh, he's, I'm so excited to uh have this nostalgic um dnc just um squashing any of the momentum that you young democrats and and progressives have have built over the past few years <laughs> right
2: uh, you know <laughs> what like obscure figure could we bring on like is lyndon johnson available you know like Ugh. yes uh is like tip o'neill like i would yeah. take tip o'neill like if we're doing that
3: yeah and then you got the you know i, I think colin powell speaking tonight we could get like uh maybe carl rove wants to speak tomorrow night you know get lincoln project style let's get all these all these guys up in there yeah. um
2: if, if the turd blossom is welcome <laughs> then anybody's welcome
3: yeah So, I thought that because you guys are the sports experts... (laughs) Okay. um, It's like the improv game of playing the expert. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, I thought we we could work through some stuff that's going on in in my sports world. And and I'll just throw... um, I've got three topics. It's like the... What's that? The runaround? What's the ESPN thing? where they just keep doing the topics
0: around yeah. the horn.
3: Yeah. yeah. Let's go around the horn guys. So, first yeah. topic.
0: Well, first thing, we would like to congratulate ourselves for not naming our sports talk radio show like a used phrase in sports. Hitting like, for the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the dugout. Yeah. Oh that's it. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, just to fill the listener in, Steve, the Steve Sax syndrome is one of the best radio show titles of all time. Um, right. I'm i I'm going to let you finish. But <laughs> so this is, so Steve Sax was a second baseman from the uh, Dodgers, right?
0: And Yankees, yes.
3: And Yankees, and he got the got the yips, and he couldn't. He was like a gold glover, and then all of a sudden he couldn't throw to first base. Am, am I getting the story right?
2: Exactly right. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he was, uh, there was no pattern to uh, his inability to throw to first, so it wasn't as if like, he would just constantly throw to the right of the first baseman, so the first baseman could be like, okay, I know what to do with Steve. Um, <laughs> it was just all over the place. It could, he could sky it over, he could go left, right, he could throw it into the dirt. And again, this is the easiest throw in baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many feet it is, but second baseman is playing just to the left of first. so. That is the easiest easiester, and he just couldn't
0: do it Uh, for a while, and then you know, there's different stories about. But uh, someone, his dad, says, you know, it's silly. You can do this, and then he sort of went, oh, and then he stopped doing it, kind of thing. So it was, um, so yeah, which just gets, (laughs) that's why we like on the sports show, we try to talk about like the stories behind sports. We're not going to out statistic uh, 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 of the other shows that are. You know, we're an hour a week on a freeform radio station. So uh, we thought we would try to be interesting and have people like yourself on, and try to cross some bridges along the way. Uh, but yes, if we did nothing else, we were just happy that we didn't call ourselves. We don't. We don't refer to ourselves as a battery. Yeah. You know,
3: <laughs> Um, so I, it's good that we were doing uh, baseball cliche radio terms because I want to talk about my Mets. I need you guys to, to help me with this. I don't know, even know if there is help. But, um, you know, I was doing, I'm a big Mets fan, and I talked about it on, on Steve Sack Syndrome. And it has been a rough, rough go of it, um, kind of hovering around last place in the National League East and the team looks good on paper and and there's a lot of exciting young talent but it is not going well and i started my i think i told you guys this that my my goal was to do a blog and to watch all 60 games and that lasted 12 games
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, depressing
3: (laughs) yeah i have a i have a rule with the Mets where if they're below 500 I'm entitled not to watch so that might last for the rest of the year
2: the rest of your life buddy
4: So we you, have, we have talked guys, about
0: the Mets yeah. along the way on our show. As it turns out, just friends of the show, and I'm going to be so guilty of name-dropping right now, who we love to brag about having on um, mm-hmm. are Mets fans. So we, I'm lucky enough to be friends with Mike Price, who is a head writer for The Simpsons and F for Family. Um, we work together in New York co So we will reach out. Once or twice a year to have him come on. He's a big yeah. Mets fan. Our friend Nick Davis, who uh, directed the uh, Ted Williams American Masters. Oh yeah, uh, and was hired to. Well, do – He's directing a thirty for thirty on the uh, nineteen eighty six Mets. So wow, he is in. He, he's a happy, so he's also a big Mets fan. So I've talked about it in terms of the sort of psyche of the Mets fan. They are, so, and I wonder if New York has something to do it because they are so. Beleaguered by the <laughs> the performance of the team, even though they have been to a World Series, you know, somewhat recently enough, yeah. and have won World, Se- you know, so and ha- have stars on their team. When you look at, you know, like does anyone care about the White Sox or the Padres, you know? But I don't. I don't feel yeah. like those team, those fans go around going, Ugh! but mm-hmm. Mets fans really mm-hmm. wear their misery, yeah, um, in, in double layers. And I just wonder what it is about the Mets that make people just uh, so much rather than "Eh, another bad year. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, New York has to be a factor in that. I mean, something from that New York psyche. But, you know, it's funny that, you know, Tom mentioned sort of like our famous guests who have come on. But we also have plenty of other friends uh who have been on too who
0: are the other 50 weeks of the year
2: yeah but Mm -hmm. it's funny you know like folks like clark acock um you know we uh, uh eric gabronowitz who uh has been on when tom hasn't been on and then there's another old friend. Like, I'm lousy with Mets fans, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's even, you know, Clark Acock, I know, sort of unsubscribed. He's like, I'm done with the N- Mets. Wow. Like, seriously. And he was a guy who was watching every single day, he and his wife. Like, it's just there in the background. Do you know so, that,
3: is that for good? Or is it just for this year? Or- or
2: I, I, I was wondering if you were going to ask, wait, I could do that? <laughs> 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 uh, I think it's for good. I have Is there an in app
0: in I can subscribe yeah. to- Do
2: you know? Do you know what pushed him over the edge? I just think the general messiness of the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Because I... I think this happened last year when they actually played pretty well when mm-hmm. they, they had a pretty. Good oh game wow! Game. So I yeah, haven't the checked. The second in.
3: half of the last year was fun. I mean, what I will say, I don't know if I'm as I'm, I am as beleaguered. It's it's all internalized for me. I don't, I don't love talking about... I would rather have the Mets be doing well and talk about that. But I will say that as the Mets are such an emotional team uh, that I think their fans are. But I think for some reason the team is as well. And when they're cohesive and they're getting along like they were at the uh, at the end of last season it's so fun to watch because they seem like they really do like each other and and love playing together but man when they are off it is so off yeah so as i've i got like youtube cable for this explicit purpose of getting of in into this 60 game season and now i have it and i'm not watching the games and i've decided i'm gonna get back into the nba i'm gonna get back in the bubble and i have and i'm so excited right when we you know i don't want to go too long with this because it's the game one of the lakers blazers which i'm like i'm i'm so jazzed about it and guess who whom I? I think i already told you guys who whom I new basketball crush is
0: i'm guessing dame time but i I don't know
3: yeah damian lillard man the guy is amazing it's so exciting
0: yeah and what another his mythological powers of his that just stare when he like hits a shot because he's not very histrionic but when he hits a shot and just kind of like stares at the camera like did you expect anything else -hmm. We were talking about last week, like, we're like admitting to crimes we never committed when he's just (laughs) staring at the camera that way because he's just so intense. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Yeah. he, he, yeah, it's nice to have a player uh, show up when you ask the most of him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well,
3: what a perfect thing for me as the chronic underdog, yes. you know, these guys squeaked into the playoffs and beautifully, you know, that was such a, a great series of games, which happened to be the first two basketball games I've watched in uh, years. <laughs> and you're like, give me, I'll
2: take my money for
3: a Dave Lewis jersey. <laughs> and, and now they're playing LeBron and the Lakers. What a, this is perfect.
0: Yeah, that whole, um, if they they chose to not start with the playoffs right away to have just a little bit of regular season at the end, what they call seeding games. And initially, Damian Lillard wasn't wasn't going to come back. He was just like, listen, unless I have some chance of uh, reaching the playoffs, why would I do that? And they were like, well, you, you make a good point. So they sort of rearranged it. And, you know, this whole thing of like, all right, the eighth team, if the ninth team gets close enough. So they sort of did that. But many people thought, they were sort of doing that to appease him, but never thought that he would reach it. But they were really doing that, hopefully, so that the New Orleans Pelicans with uh, Zion would actually reach it, and we would be talking about them right now. But they didn't know that the Trailblazers would win most of their games, and the Suns would win all of their, their games in the uh, in the bubble seeding games. But to his point, you know, he you know. He, he said, I'm, it doesn't make sense for me to kind of be who I am unless everything's on the line. Because otherwise, you're going to see a lot of the team that was playing right before uh, <laughs> everything stopped. Which was, they were playing, yeah, they, they were t- they're in 10th place, you know? But And then the game,
2: um, the play-in game against the Memphis Grizzlies. I got to watch, you know, the whole second half of that one. And it, Dame wasn't like on fire, literally on fire like he was earlier that week when he was scoring like 50 points and 60 points. I think he only finished with like 27 points. And and it was really CJ McCollum who had the, mm-hmm. the big shot at the end of that game. But it was very entertaining. Not a whole lot of defense, which makes it really kind of fun. So we're seeing you know results that are like 132, 125. Yeah. But I don't know if you... I know that you're sort of returning to the NBA, but Dame Lillard did this last year in the playoffs that he basically had a walk-off home run. He hit a three-pointer to win a series, uh, win a playoff series last year. I can't remember who they played against. Tom will probably remember. But there was this great thing. He hits the... A game-winning shot his teammates come and mob him and there was a photo taken of him you know just mobbed with a mass of humanity around him but he's just staring in the mm. uh, in straight into the camera totally stone-faced like did you expect anything else <laughs> and it's really one of the great sports images of the last few years let alone nba he's just ice cold
0: that was against uh, okc
2: that's right
3: okay See uh, and
0: um, Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul Dr. George and all
3: that. Yeah, yeah. So two two things that that made me think of. One is my I didn't know that I had a type, but my previous <laughs> basketball hero uh, was Kawhi Leonard, who's also like almost spectrumy, non-emotional. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you can peek. You it's it's more Lillard's demeanor. It's not that he's emotionless he just really holds it back it's not like a kawaii thing where you're just like is this a robot the other thing i've noticed and maybe you guys could fill me in on this cuz it has been a while for me i you know i used to watch basketball way back in the day and i one of my favorite teams was the blazers Back with Clyde Drexler. I would always root for the underdog who was playing. My dad was a Jordan guy. My dad's always a front-running guy. He loves the who's whoever's winning. You know, he just loved Michael Jordan. And I wanted to see someone beat Michael Jordan. So this that series of teams, I would just root for whoever, uh, you know, the Sonics and the and the Blazers and Clyde Drexler was my favorite. Um, and Cliff Robinson with the red headband. So but okay so here's my question it seems like no one dunks anymore and it's all threes am i missing something
0: certainly not as much not never but uh, not as much and uh, without spending too much time uh, there was an interesting shift when the clippers were lob city with chris paul and blake griffin where that was sort of the idea of just Just sort of work your way towards the middle and throw it up towards the basket and either Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan would catch it and just slam it. Um, and it was very successful. Um, but then people started of figured, yeah, that's a great way to get two points. But I've got a better way to get three points. So it's sort of – and then Steph Curry and other, uh, others sort of took over. And then now that's what – yeah, we used to practice. I lived across from an elementary school that had uh, regulation uh, hoops, but also uh, seven-foot hoops yeah. on the side. And we used to practice dunks all the time. Yeah. But now – kids at that age are practicing the like step behind and practice the three even though they're barely <laughs> reaching the rim often that's what they want to practice over and over again so it sort of got this place so it's not never but it just became like oh you got two well that's cute because mine gets three
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Tom is right. And, you know, Daryl Morey, who's the general manager of the Houston Rockets, really has taken it to an extreme. You'll see the Rockets. If you see James Harden play, he shoots a lot of threes, the Rockets do. And so, yeah, it's basically, yes, three points are worth more than two points. (laughs) And even shooting, you know, 38% from three as a team is worth mathematically more than shooting whatever it is, 45% from two or whatever it is. The, yeah. the the map is there, so it's basically like at an extreme thing. You either want to have a three point shot or get fouled and go to the line, yeah, um, because you're you're going to shoot you know eighty five to ninety percent. So you you want to get that. So statistically, that's the most. But you know, there's still plenty of dunks if uh, yeah,
3: yeah. I I mean, and these guys can drain threes from like I mean, Dam- Damian Lillard hit one from. Half court, and it wasn't like it was the end of the quarter or something. He just pulled up casually, and it's ridiculous.
2: Well, the the real shift is like, I mean, there's always been like three point shooters. So, like, since we were kids, right? Yeah. And so there always will be. But what's the weird shift is like power forwards are now expected to shoot threes, mm-hmm. you know, even centers. Uh, yeah. Christoph Porzingis uh, in the Mavs game. Uh, Mass played last night and lost, but, you know, he's seven foot three, you know, and he's a great rim protector, but he shoots a lot of threes. Joel Embiid, center for the 76 yeah. sixers. You know, power forwards are expected to hit 38, 37% from three. Like, it, so, like, that idea of two guys in the low post is going away. There's barely even one guy in the low yeah. post anymore.
3: So we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, and, and uh so... I'm going to go watch the the game, but before the, the, the Lakers Blazers game, but before I go, I need some help from you guys because I, listening to Steve Sack syndrome, I know that you are both football guys and I, I I tell my wife, if I were into football, that would be another sport that I could enjoy, you know, it's obvious, an obvious thing to say, but (laughs) you know, it's like I, I could enjoy sports year round, especially if now there's this basketball thing sticks, but I just football is, if you put a football game on and put like the electrodes to the side of my head, um, it would just be kind of like a flat line. It just doesn't. And I think it's based in trauma. And I want to just tell you a quick story. Um, I, when I was in eighth sp- no seventh grade I was in on like the junior not junior below junior varsity they called it junior orange um which one of the colors of my school but I went on the I joined the football team I was a big guy I was like about the size that I am now I was like almost six feet stocky and they put me I joined because my friends were joining you know I was just and I was like what the heck this is the first year I can play sports let's do this And they put me at defensive tackle because I was one of the biggest kids. And I didn't have it in me to every play just smash into the dude in front of me. And I think my coach was frustrated with me. And he was a bully anyway. There's a long story about that coach. He saw my weakness. And it was the kind of thing where he wanted to get some, breed some recklessness into me. So he would pick on me. And for when I have this uh, memory in my head of standing around like a huddle, you know, there's with a the football team, there's, you know, as a football team, that's a lot of people, you know, like with the coaches and everything, like 40, 50 people standing around when the coach is talking and he's, he sees me and he says, Reed, what's the problem? Why you got your arms crossed? What your mom stopped breastfeeding you too early? And everybody just loses it, pointing like slow motion, like the scene from the 80s movie. And I hated this man, and I was bullied by the whole team after that. And are I we think- going to be expected to defend this guy? <laughs> what do you want from us? <laughs> like, uh, this is awful. <laughs> and, um, I, so I just feel no. You you don't have to defend him, but but I want to be let back in to football if I if I can. Um,
0: well, I have two things to say. One, yeah. I think you ne- you needed a different movie. You were in the wrong movie. You needed yeah. you needed Sandra Bullock instead of your bully coach. Yeah. You needed <laughs> yeah. Sandra Bullock from The Blind Side, being yes. like, "You're a good boy. Do you go in and you you protect your quarterback. You know, like you mm-hmm. needed somebody sort of." Um, Speaking to your abilities as opposed to sort of uh, shaming you. Yeah. So there's that. And then if we're talking about what excites you about uh, you know Damian Lillard and the current state of the NBA, um, I think if you choose to watch for the the, the Kansas City Chiefs right now, mm-hmm. it is not a we're just bunch of slamming into each other over and over again. It is high powered. It's a lot of offense. It's very creative. San you know, So the last year's Super Bowl. Was a lot yeah. of inventiveness on display. I mean, there are I a lot of guys that, yeah. who want to run through the other player and hurt them. That that <laughs> still exists, um, but it is not just uh, yeah, yeah, three yards and a cloud of dust, as the phrase <laughs> was, or as my wife would say, "Why do they keep running into the huddle?" Which yeah. is just you know running the same run play into the line over and over again, which is pretty boring. So yeah, there there are times when I'm watching football, going like, "Yeah, I'm definitely doing this for the ritual," but this particular. Mm. display is, is not all that engaging but if you watched for yeah like the kansas city chiefs la rams game from a couple yeah. years ago monday night was 54 51 i think was the final score so exciting and again just a lot of fleet players you don't okay. feel like it's just a bunch of bullies kind of just like beating up on each other
3: okay scott? that's exciting yeah yeah okay C- C- scott what do you have yeah and
2: uh maybe sort of stepping back from this is like I've been asked this before. The the thing to do is like to pick a team as opposed to like and maybe that's really basic, but I think that sometimes a lot of people are like, I don't know why I'm excited about this. Instead of being like, No, there find reasons to be excited for it. Is it like, you know, players that you enjoy? Is it a certain city that has a cuisine that you enjoy? (laughs) You know, like seriously, like that's the kind of thing. And then you know, football is. Uh, I know that you are one who likes to go to see baseball games, and like you, you talk very eloquently on our show about like going and just grabbing your lunch there, you know, and mm-hmm. packing a bologna sandwich. I don't know if you said bologna but uh, but like football is not is not a good um, in person sport. It is so much better on television. So it's just like embracing that of like. Here's what we're going to do on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. Uh, it sort of becomes like, I'm, and I'm going to watch my team. Then it becomes kind of like appointment, like like that's what we just do. And then like, okay, what food are we going to do? Okay. You know, and yeah. and so I'm, as yeah. opposed to baseball, which is happening every day or NBA, it's like once a week, and that's our big party. Like that's our. That's our show that we're putting on.
3: What it's it's like sixteen games. Yeah. Oh, who so who so who who should be my team? You're the Chiefs.
2: <laughs> well, there. You know. You talked about your dad being a front runner. Your dad would love the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, and you know, my like kids are front runners. You know, so mm-hmm. my son Levi loves LeBron James, loves mm-hmm. the Lakers. You know, two years ago he wouldn't have cared anything about the Lakers. Now he loves them love steph curry and the golden state warriors even though they stink this year yeah he loves pat mahomes but uh my team is the buffalo bills uh because i grew up there and so that's the other thing is like picking a team my team was picked for me yeah. you know? um but uh that's kind of it tom any other suggestions
0: well as a little guy i like to root for the little guy mm-hmm. um so the Arizona Cardinals are kind of mm-hmm. interesting right now. And they drafted a quarterback last year, uh, the number one pick, Kyler Murray, who was on his way to play Major League Baseball. He was uh, with the A's. Is that right, Scott? Yeah. Um, and he was, oh, I'm a baseball oh. guy. But then he sort of figured out, oh, uh, NFL careers and contracts are much more front loaded. Um, yeah. But again, he is, they, I think they say he's 5'10", but yeah. Mm, I, I no? don't think so and he's just this little guy but he just finds a way to sort of anticipate and um, so he's not quite to where Pat Mahomes uh, is who's the Kansas Sydney quarterback but it's just really crazy to be like how is this guy like leading a team to victory? Uh, when there's all these like giant, uh, you know, ogres around him. So again, it all depends on what you're, what you're looking for. But uh, uh, I, so I'm not saying they're my favorite team. Uh, I like the Raiders, who are now in Las Vegas. So you could sort of watch them as oh, so all of America's precautions have been collapsed. Uh, <laughs> we used to prevent gambling on sports. Now we literally have a team in Vegas. Yeah, uh, during like during a
3: pandemic.
0: Yeah, yes. they're
2: gambling on the sidelines. Probably they're. <laughs> lot machines yes in you can
0: literally uh, gamble on the number of positive tests yeah that will come in during the week i'm sure
2: yeah you know wow. another, another suggestion is the green bay packers uh, yeah. just in terms of like
3: they're owned well, by the community yes
2: exactly more socialist
3: uh, kind of yes, minded.
2: yes. As, I'm as, into socialist that. as the nfl can get yeah. uh, and also the Green know, Bay, small- Bernie
0: Sanders. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> but also like small Midwestern town. I mean, yeah. like Green Bay is not a very large city, but a sort of holdover from when the NFL was a regional uh, existence. And, but they have a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So they're a fun team to watch.
3: Too. Okay. Well, I'm taking notes and I'm going to try. I'm going to try again. And uh,
0: uh, at the same time, it's okay not to like football. Yeah. yeah, it really is. That's, I, okay. That I, has,
3: I'm going to try. I'm going to try one more time.
0: Yeah, that's
2: the other thing. We don't want to talk you into anything.
3: Football is an awful, brutal,
2: <laughs> violent sport. That man who said that thing to you was an awful man. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, those things are true and real. So, yeah, like, none of it is... Natural.
3: <laughs> so on that note, I'm about to run out of Zoom time here. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is—I could talk like this for a couple more hours. So much fun! Let's check out the Steve Sack Syndrome. Which? What's the date? What's the time?
0: We are Saturdays from three to four p.m. Yes, on Asheville FM uh, or uh, dot org if you're streaming it. Yep.
3: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I hope to talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, John. This was fun. Thanks, John.
3: Bye. How about that race to the bottom programming, right? Some serious stuff. Thank you to the guys from Steve Sack Syndrome. As they said, their show is on every Saturday at 3. It's good stuff. Get your sports fix from Tom and Scott. And then our other Tom, Tom Domena. Check out his Patreon. And check out the Vox Kids Explain series. It's so good. Today, Explain to Kids is what it's called. And shout out to Saleem for that. Good stuff. If you're listening to this on your computer, please consider downloading the app for Android or iPhone. Oh, and when I was telling you to check out all those things before, I said I, I meant... Maybe you want to check them out. I don't want to tell you what to do. And I can't. I can't legally tell you what to do. Sorry about that. No calls to action. Trying to get better about that. Using my conditional. My suggestive. Suggestive sell, as they used to say it. Pizza cabin. Would you like some city minis with that? I'm going to skip the political checkup this week. The DNC was mixed You kind of heard me talk a little bit about my feelings about it at the beginning of the Steve Sachs interview. Like I said, we got to keep our eye on the ball and get Omelette Bar out of there. But it was overall disappointing that, you know, I guess it's their theory of the case that in the Biden campaign, that they just, that it's most important to just not seem too radical seem competent and to maybe sway some disaffected Republicans but man there's so much energy with young progressives and I just it didn't capitalize on that okay so that's that those are my thoughts on that topic stay tuned for Crime Talk BK and and all the great just keep the dial locked for, for the whole day make a day out of Radio Free Brooklyn. I'll talk to you guys next week. School is going to be starting, so I might be doing some more kind of freestyle shows, which is fun. I can't spend so this. This was I kind of went all out for this show um, today, partly in acknowledgement that I'm not going to be able to spend so much time on the show once school's back, but that doesn't mean that it won't be good gosh darn radio, right? To play us out, I want, um, we don't have a ton of time. I'm going to play the second half of this Midlake song. It's. I talked about this on a freestyle show. Songs with two parts. This song by this band Midlake called Branches off their album Trials of Van Occupanther is one of those two part songs but I'm just going to play the second part because it's pretty and we'll say goodbye with that I will talk to you guys soon take care race to the bottom (laughs)
1: Yeah <laughs> It's hard for me, but I'm trying It's hard for me, but I'm trying